0: Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May, And this is an episode uh, for a listener and it's about how to deal with people who trigger you or family who trigger you. Um, so this is for somebody who has some childhood trauma tied to uh, one of her parents. And when she visits home to see other family members, she gets super triggered by this parent. And they the parent tries to talk to her and tries to address stuff from the past, tries to earn points with her all it makes her super overwhelmed, it makes her brain stop working, and also upsets her. Um, So she talks about feeling drained and irritated, not feeling like herself, feeling very on edge, Um, and she wants to know how to handle these feelings and basically deal with these visits. So this is very difficult, and also it's sadly really common um, as an experience to have. I know that this is true for probably a lot of my listeners. So the gist is how to manage this kind of experience and um, if you're still working on your shit in therapy, like basically how to navigate um, having to be around a person like this. So there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. The part one, the what. If you have any person who caused you long-term trauma, Maybe they made you feel crazy, unseen, unloved, invisible. Um, maybe they abused you or manipulated you. And Maybe it was just short-term trauma. It doesn't have to be long-term. But somebody who um, pro- probably had a role in your life <clears throat> and um, maybe like felt like a family dynamic. So maybe you were made to feel like you were the black sheep or you were the crazy one um, or you had to take care of them or... They were somehow um, around you and it it affected you negatively. And now every time you return to this person, it kind of forces you back into this old way of being or triggers an old state of feeling from a long time ago. Regardless, this is a person who um, has some sort of power over you. It's like mental muscle memory, only it's like it lives in your body. And it makes you feel like you are not yourself. So triggering people can do any number of things to your physiology. They can cause heart racing, feelings of intense sadness, feelings of panic, disassociation, or your brain separates from your body. Um, a heroin-like feeling, but like not a fun kind of feeling, just like a totally um, just out of it type of feeling. Uh, and you might end up feeling like a a mess just like overwhelmed you might find that you just can't hold on to your new sense of self and maybe you feel like you're put back into an old state of mind from all those years ago just by being around this person it's like a ha- a flashback that happens to your entire entire self it's no bueno maybe this person also tries to approach you and their reaction to you now makes the injustice all the worse. So maybe they they blame you or maybe they mock you, maybe they act like you're 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 crazy and you're being dramatic or equally painful, maybe they completely ignore you and act like they owe you nothing. So it's just like salting a wound to be around you uh to be around them. Or maybe they just ask too much of you, like You're just trying to exist and do no harm, and they're attempting to engage you in a way that compromises your sanity and the safety you're trying to create for both of you. Um, All of it, super painful, and it can feel like there's no good way to navigate the situation. Part two, the why. The body keeps the score, which is a great book on this topic, but it's also a true statement. Your emotional memory is wired into your body and therefore it will react despite your will, despite what you've chosen. And you might have decided that you're going to take the high road. In all cases, you're not going to react, but then you might find yourself feeling overwhelmed or small or on the verge of tears um, just being in the vicinity of this person. Like It can be overwhelming to even um, anticipate the date you're going to see this person and it doesn't mean that one day you won't be free of this state of feeling it just that the processing of trauma takes a really long time and it's hard work and um we'll we'll experience echoes at random stages like you might have worked through a lot of it already in therapy and then it'll kind of get brought up because of um a new you know Life stage you're in, or maybe you hit a certain age, and that kind of puts things in a new perspective. There are all sorts of weird time-driven um, triggers that, like, reset certain um, old traumas from a an odd perspective. So don't be hard on yourself if you feel like you've done so much work and it hasn't done enough in this area. Um, I find that, you know, we you have to revisit a lot of old wounds. Um, As we hit new milestones in our life, like for example, having kids is a thing that kind of resets some old traumas or it can bring up them in a new light. Uh, Getting married, same kind of thing. The death of a parent is a huge one that can kind of drudge up old feelings and things you thought you you already dealt with. Uh, Regardless, if you haven't done the work yet in therapy, I really recommend you process this type of stuff these types of feelings with a therapist just because it's it can feel really overwhelming and at least having a therapist can ground you while you work through it also have to say if you have experienced some sort of trauma from a person in your life it it's really really difficult to do work on it while they're still in your life so it's just It's because it kind of blurs the lines. You're not really able to isolate your perspective from then if you're still interacting with them now. Also, it'll bring up a lot of anger and pain to work on it. And it's really hard not to just shit that all over them (laughs) when you're around them. So it's like almost like it's causing more harm um, in the process of healing than is necessary. So if you are able to maybe take a break keep your distance think of excuses just so you are able to heal properly and get enough perspective on what happened to you and get all your angry out you know get the rage out before you're so you're whole and capable of reapproaching them from an empowered place from a place that you choose versus a reactive place um because when you have that person in your life and you're around that person, it can be really difficult to get clarity because it's like you have one foot in the present and one foot in the past. Like you're, It's confusing. Um, so the reason that this audience uh, member feels drained and irritated around this person in their life is because you, when you're around a person that's a triggering person, you're managing a lot of emotions just in order to be normal, just in order to keep it together and not lose it. That takes a huge amount of energy just to be sane, just to be like, I'm walking and talking. I'm going through the motions. That's like drawing so many resources. Um, And one of studies show that the greatest drain on our glucose levels, our blood glucose levels, are when we have to alter our emotions to an opposite emotion um, in order to Basically stay under control. It's like you're, you're draining your energy levels by um, holding back emotions. That is one of the hardest things to do is just like to restrain your emotions if you feel an opposite way. So you might find that after you are around this person, you have, um, you know, a craving for junk food or you all you want to do is sit in front of the television. That's because you have drained your reservoir for self-control. And, um, so just that's a heads up. It takes a lot just to be there around a human being like this, which brings me to part three, the How, the Tools. So these are really tailored to managing the individual interactions around a person who triggers you. Um, so the first tool I'm going to offer you right now is a pain measuring stick. I want you to call an inner-team conference. Um, basically all the you's inside of yourself, and ask who wants this visit and why. You might have one voice, let's call it the, it's called Shouty the Martyr. Uh, You might have another voice that's called Super Kid. You might have another voice that's called Groundhog. Um, All of these different voices will tell you to do this for different reasons. Um, and I just want you to make sure you're forcing yourself to be around this person for the right reasons. Is it coming from the like, you should, you you should do this. You're supposed to do this. Uh, or is it the person that's like, I'm just the best person ever and I can do anything. Or is it the person that's just afraid of consequences? Like, I'm afraid of them being mad at me. I'm afraid of blah, blah, blah. Like, make this come from a good motivation, one that actually serves your highest purpose in your life and your goals in your life. And all of you, you know, incorporate the pros and the cons into this decision, including your own suffering. I think a lot of us do things like this at the cost of ourselves. Um, for whatever it's worth, the person that requested this topic has decided it is worth it based on very good reasons. So there's a greater benefit to seeing this person than to to being around this person just in terms of like wanting to see other relatives. So I just want you to get, I want to give you permission to not force yourself to be around this person. I'm handing you a pain measuring stick. I want you to measure the actual pain you are going to endure. And I want you to ask yourself, is it really worth the benefit to me in my life? How will I feel at the end of my lifetime? Will I know at the end of my lifetime that this was worth it? If you are now debating whether or not you should be around this person or, or interact in this particular way, then I invite you to do a journal reflection um, and just ask yourself a couple things. <clears throat> Firstly, what are you hoping to achieve from this interaction? Um, secondly, is this for you and something you want? Or is this dependent on something somebody else wants? Or Is this dependent on a specific outcome that comes from them? Is this conditional based on, it would be awesome if this happened? I just want you to walk into this situation like it is a battle. I want you to be ready. I want you to be completely aware. And I want you to wear armor. And I want you to be tactical. Because I want you to get out with as many uh, with just as few casualties as possible, with as few injuries as possible. Right, that's the first tool. Second tool is called Head of the Mission. So the person, as I said, who requested this has a really good reason for being around this other person. They might have, you know, um, pain, but it's there's more of a good feeling. If you are in a similar situation, that's fine and good. But regardless, I want you to move through this experience from a position of power. You are the head of this mission. You have autonomy and you are not a victim. You are choosing it. So I want you to think of it like you are the person that is navigating it with from a tactical perspective. You have a very particular agenda in mind. I want you to stay in that mastermind role. Like don't let yourself slip into the um, the role of the suffering victim or the person who is inactive in helping themselves. And if you start to get there, if you start to end up there and you're like, ow, 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 why is this happening at me? I want you to ask yourself, how do I get back in the driver's seat? What is my mission? Is it accomplished? How can I regain control of this plan and what I need to do to help myself? And that includes leaving. You know, if you need to jump in the car and leave, or if you need to take a break and call a best friend, it's all about staying in the power position in terms of how. You empower yourself and how you help yourself. Uh, a lot of that t- is going to be just little things like, I'm sorry, I have to go to the bathroom, and then sitting in the bathroom and like just changing channels on yourself, just so you're constantly, you have your back. You know, it's a very different type of suffering to feel trapped than it is to be, you know, hit, but you're hitting back or, you know, not hitting, but you know what I mean. Like if you're active in defending yourself, you suffer much less than you do if you are feeling trapped and victimized. All right, next tool is called hazmat suit. So this is about titrating the amount of exposure you get to this person, just the tiniest bit at a time. So think of it like you are wearing a hazmat suit, and the hazmat suit's there, but you're still around poison. There's like tiny little, you know, vents just because it's like a sewn suit, there's still a slight exposure happening. And that means you need as many breaks as possible. Um, And I mean, like in your physical proximity to this person. So that means the longer you are around them, the more often you need to be physically away from them. Um, And that means also how much eye contact you make, how much you hear from them, the poison is seeping through all of your orifices. Um, so just think about that, have that as a visualization and think like there are tiny holes in my hazmat suit. I have to take a break and I have to be as far away from them as possible for another 20 minutes because I was just near them and sit far away from them. Don't like, um, think of eye gaze as another, you know, way into you. So like physical proximity as well as gaze. Um, so just, Keep in mind as you go through the experience, if I'm too close, I need to get away for a little while. The next tool is called protective supercoat. I've put this one in other podcasts, but I um I really think it's helpful to have an outfit that you mentally imbue with protective powers or just an outfit that makes you feel confident. So maybe that is, let's say, a really nice coat that's got beautiful stitching. It's something that you feel gives you cred. You know, we all have those types of outfits that we feel really confident in. Whatever it is, I want you to think of what you're going to wear ahead of time. And let's say it's the coat. Um, Mentally imagine that it gives you protective superpowers. And then in the moment while you're around this person, just if you're suffering, mentally take your focus into this coat or whatever it is and just study it, focus on it, it, creating a force field around you. It's like a mental break. You're going to v- revisit, you know, the textures of it, uh the way it looks, whatever. All right, the next tool is called bingo card. I think I've given this one on a couple podcasts as well. Um so you know what this person, you probably know what this person will say. You can think of like 10 things that they're going to say to you or things that they're going to do that will hurt. So I want you to write them down ahead of time and tell them to a friend. And basically, while you go through this experience, you're going to have this game going on via text with your friend. So you're getting points every time one of those things happens. Or you're just scoring points with yourself and you're writing it down or checking it off. Maybe you like create a list in your notes on your phone and just little do little check marks fill in the check marks as soon as that thing happens or as soon as they say that thing. Um and the reason to do this is just because it takes the sting out of something happening when you've already predicted it, you've expected it, and you've made a joke out of it. It's like taking the piss out of somebody else's bitchiness. Um in a in a way that also I think it's helpful if you involve a friend in this game. Cause then you're not alone in this moment. You're like, oh the person said I'm a loser again. (laughs) I got 10 points. It's like, it's not about you anymore. It's just like them and they're crazy. All right, the next tool is called permission slip. Right now, I'm handing you an invisible permission slip to leave the vicinity when you need to. And when you leave, you can do some breathing exercises. You could do some rainbow breathing exercises, which is basically Breathe in for one, breathe out for one, breathe in for two, breathe out for two, breathe in for three, breathe out for three, breathe, out for f- breathe in for four, breathe out for four, all the way up to five and then count back again. Um, or you can just leave. I'm giving you permission to protect yourself and let go of all the shoulds and the what people will think and all that crap and just take care of you. I think a lot of the time we do things we're like, I can just, I can, I can make it. I can make it. I should, I should, I should, I should, I should. Um, and telling a white lie to get out of a really triggering moment isn't the end of the world. And I don't think it's wrong because this is coming from a greater good perspective. For example, you can say, oh, I just realized I left something in the car. I'll be right back. Or, oh, I'm sorry. I just realized I have to make a call whatever it is, do what you need to do. And if you need to give yourself a break, do it. Remain in the power position. You are the author, you are the driver. All right, the next tool is called examination goggles. So I want you to imagine that you are wearing a pair of goggles. And I mean, if you can actually wear sunglasses, that would be cool too. Um, So when you're at this event, or when you're around this human being, I want you to squint at them, and imagine you're wearing these goggles, and see them as, as almost just like a, a poor, sad, crazy person, a person who's trapped in psychosis, and, and see them as just what they are, you know? like See them as delusional, as suffering, as sad. You know, just think about like you're you're seeing them through a pane of glass in like an examination room, or you're you're seeing them through these goggles and you're examining them and there's this specimen. And this is just a way to mentally distance yourself, like um create like a slight emotional buffer. And it's just like you're you can even label them as having like a sickness called micrae. If the disease metaphor doesn't work for you as well, you can also just imagine them as, like, a stunted child. Picture them as someone that was damaged at a very young age who's trapped there. And just, like, you know, if you squint, it's like they see them as, like, there's a distance between you two. And that's just a way to, like, I guess take some of the real effect out of what they say to you or out of how they treat you. It's like, oh no, this isn't valid because you're just this stunted child. All right, the next tool is called celebrity stalker. So this is just a rule of conduct for you. If you find that you are getting targeted by them or they are engaging you and you don't want them to and it's hurting, I want you to think of yourself like a celebrity and you are on the street and people all around you are recognizing recognizing you and trying to engage you. Your job is to not give them an in. Like you, you are looking all places and no places. It's almost like you're, you know, behind a glass, but you're actually in person. So another version of this is like, imagine you're just too cool for school mentally and pretend you're somewhere else mentally, just like you're preoccupied all the time. Um, and this is just a way of being that gives you an extra layer of protection in the face of this person, so it's almost like you're busy emailing you're you're busy texting friends you're you're just not paying attention to them at all, like you're not listening like a teenager like an average teenager. All right, the next tool is called underwater Breathing. If you are in need of a mental break throughout the day, I want you to excuse yourself and go to the bathroom, and then do slow, even, deep breaths with your eyes closed, and just breathe through your nose, and I want you to listen to the sound of your breath, like plug your ears, um, and just listen to the sound of your breath, and this is just like, I want you to imagine you're underwater, and I want you to do this for at least two minutes, so set a timer, and this is just a way to like calm your body, and tell your brain to calm down, and get more rational, Alternately, if you are around the person, I want you to do this with one ear plugged. And it's basically like Darth Vader breaths. You're kind of constricting the back of your throat so that it's like a noisy, slow breath. Um, And this is just a way to tune out and then try and balance your brain hemispheres. All right, next tool is called Distract and Deflect. This is a Teflon tool. So if this person, starts to engage you or say something to you, your your battle tactic is pointing at another shiny object and walking away. So you're if you're being asked something, put the focus somewhere else and immediately get out of the vicinity. So like, oh my God, didn't you tell me so and so is pregnant? I'm hungry. I'm gonna go get a snack. Just anything you can do to completely change the channel on whatever the topic was. It doesn't have to be elegant. People don't see it coming usually. So it's a little bit more effective than you might think. All right, the uh, last tool I have is called channel change. So I want you, if you are able to get through this experience, and let's say you're really triggered, I want you to change the channel on your emotions. So like, let's say you're starting to break down, you're starting to lose it, you're, you're starting to cry, you're hiding in the bathroom or something like that. Um, this is really about doing something to help yourself in that moment so you can regain the wheel. So, do the deep breathing. And in addition to that, I want you to change the channel on your mental focus. So, I think you should ahead of time pick out a stand up comedy routine on YouTube that you like or um, something that's very immersive, pr- preferably something comedic. Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a book. Have it queued up and ready to go. And focus the fuck out of it. Like, focus on listening to that thing, really getting into the mindset of that thing, and do something to um, soothe your physical body simultaneously. So let's say it's the breathing exercises at the same time as you're watching said content or listening to said content. And another alternate thing to do is just take a walk, a very brisk walk, while you listen to this content or watch this content. Uh, Obviously, watch where you're going. But this is... um, Really powerful just because it's showing you to you. I have the control, I have the ability to change the course of my emotions. I don't have to be completely hijacked by them. Just being active and attempting to soothe yourself in those moments is itself empowering. Even if you still find you're crying, just going through motion after motion after motion to try and help yourself calm down is incredibly um, just a powerful thing to witness for you it's saying I'm not fucking being taken down by this shit I'm like I'm attacking the effects of this the effects that are happening in my body because my highest person my my highest power is telling me um, I don't choose to be taken down by this thing it's like you're breaking out of the you know victim role and you're not Um, identifying with it as much it's like I'm the person trying to help me who's still stuck in the cry fest I'm not that is not me that's like something happening to my body so I hope this is helpful I hope you are able to get through this and I'll be thinking of you and um, before I close I wanted to thank my latest sponsors I want to thank also my monthly sponsors I appreciate you guys so much Um, I thank you out loud every time I see your name pop up on my phone so, huge donation um, from Gabriella. Thank you so much. And a donation from Lisa. Thank you so much. And I wanted to thank also my new monthly sponsor, Savannah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. If you have any requ- requests, please reach out. Um, and if any of you out there have the means to make a donation, it really helps the show happen. You can head to yaywithme.com. If you don't, totally understand. Um, If you could share it with a friend or write a review on iTunes, that would help me as well. So in closing, um, this is something that happens in your body despite your brain. It hijacks your emotions. So really the best thing you can do is prep as much as possible, rehearse a plan as much as possible, and take breaks as often as possible. Distract, deflect, redirect any attention. Physically soothe by releasing the energy as often as possible. Um I would also throw out doing just a shake out when you when you take breaks from this person, like expel the energy that's in your body by just shaking it off like you know like you're a wet dog and um and no duh, but lots and lots of slow, even deep breaths through your nose and don't feel bad or stupid or like you're not smart enough or working hard enough if you feel triggered still. And you don't have to feel this way forever. It just, it takes time. And just because you don't get, you get triggered in a particular circumstance, it doesn't mean, you know, you're going to get triggered forever in this circumstance. And if you are re-triggered, it doesn't mean like all the work you've done on yourself hasn't worked at all. Triggers are just random and sporadic and they can come up because we are hormonal or we're stressed or... um. Often, if we're really happy, we forget that the triggers exist or we think, you know, they're not there anymore. And we expect everything else in our life to reflect what we've built for ourselves outside of the triggering person. But don't let that mean more to you than it has to. I think a lot of the time we feel extra betrayed or extra upset because of just the injustice justice of it. Like we feel like, the triggering people are not allowed to affect us anymore. And we told ourselves that we would never, ever let them hurt us again. And so it feels like we are lowered, um, you know, to like we put our head under their foot somehow, just because we are affected by them again. But it's like, just treat it like a physical symptom. Know that you are the author in your life You chose to encounter this person because of valid, important reasons. And just because they are the way they are doesn't mean you didn't get something important to you out of the situation. So just remember to retain your role as the victor, as the author, as the head of the mission, the person in control of their life. The pain and suffering is not to be indulged or stretched out, but simply processed, physically processed, moved through it's just like passing a ghost through your system. Honor it and, you know, feel what you need to feel, but then exercise it out. And I mean that literally, (laughs) like maybe a good hike or a jog around the block. Um, And in my, my experience, triggers fade after a specific ratio of time has passed that proves otherwise to your original trigger. So for example, if you are living a new way of being, in your life and you're surrounding yourself with people who support you and make you feel like yourself, eventually your your triggers can fade. This is just my personal experience because your life has proven they're not true anymore. It's like they lose validity in your physical body because it's almost like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. I don't have to be afraid anymore. I don't have to be, a, you know, in a self-protective position anymore. So my point is, Own this experience as, regardless of what happens, as a learning experience that just is what it is, and you got something out of it, regardless of if, you know, it was terrible and the person was terrible. Just don't allow it to add to your trauma, and if you can do a debrief with someone you love after the fact, I think that would be something you should schedule ahead of time. Just say, like, I'm going to need to talk on the phone. Can you be there for me, like, after this time? And then just explain to that person what went well, what didn't, and what you would do differently next time or what you need to do to protect yourself in the future. Um, Just mentally processing something so that it can move through your body and create some order around it is just really helpful in in allowing it to be incorporated into your own personal narrative about your life. So I would say get a friend involved now before you're even around this person just to help you process. Um, And tell yourself the right story. So I wish you much luck and much love. And I hope you have the most super protective coat ever. And uh, don't forget to smile.